We are Gathering of the Geeks, podcast and YouTube show built around the things we as geeks all love. Hashtag, we gather on Sundays. Thank you for checking out the one with memoir. See, I knew this was going to happen, Chris. I knew it. I had <laughs> nothing to do with this. I, I know it. The one I had nothing to do with this. Memorable performances. I'm one of your hosts, Evan, and I'm joined by the Ted Lasso and my coach, Greg Chris Evans. Chris, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? So off air, just before the show started, as you and I were talking, I was saying it to myself, memorable, 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 memorable. <laughs> As, as you put the intro on, I'm saying to myself, memorable, memorable, memorable. And I knew when we got in there, I was going to say memorable. Memorable. <laughs> I, I just knew this word was going to bug me. And, and I, it, that's why it messed me up because I knew it was going to bug me. Memorable. Memorables. Memorable. <laughs> <laughs> Gathering of the Geeks is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Gathering of the Geeks and you will find us. Hey, everybody in the comments on this fine. Sunday evening. Eric, how's it going? Cookie, Warren, uh, Grabs, Ian, I think you're in here too. Carlos, how are you this fine evening? Uh, Phil, man, you're the best. Uh, thanks for checking out. <laughs> uh, or is that a Christmas light? Yeah, right. Christmas lights? right there. My, every, every time we come home and we drive down the street looking at my hairs, my wife says, uh, can you take down the Christmas lights? And I'll say, no, I'll get to it. You know, so. If it were up to me, I probably would not have removed the Christmas tree. It, no one, it's too much trouble, I think. That's it. Two, I just like the way it looks. And yeah. <laughs> I was leaving. I, we have this ghost we put out for Halloween. He's like child size. I was mm -hmm. also leaving him outside, but I was told that's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, our Christmas lights are plugged in all year round. I just have a timer that I usually unplug, you know, the second week of January, maybe the first week, and then just... Uh, didn't bother this year. So it's still up and I get bugged about it. So, you know, <laughs> maybe I'll get to it. I don't know. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> What's Christmas the right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're going to be talking about what we read and what we watched this week. And yeah, we're going to get into a little bit of a conversation about something that actually came up uh, last week mm -hmm. on the show and kind of carried out throughout the week as well. So, guys, let us know what you read or watched in the comments um, as well. Uh, so, Chris, what'd you what'd you get up to this week, man? What'd you read? What'd you watch? I know you. Uh, definitely one thing you want to talk about with uh, what you read for sure. But uh, what else do you want to talk about? Actually, I got up to a lot this week. Surprisingly, I kind of just forced time, if you will. <laughs> mm -hmm. I forced time to do these things. Um, first, I read the new Superman number one from oh, good. Uh, Josh Williams in here. Yep. You read that too. I think you liked it. Yes, I did. I liked it a lot. But I'm a little lost, so I have to go back and read now. Mm. That's that's kind of my issue with it. I thought for number one, it should just hit the ground running. We don't need any previous knowledge of War World and how that all shook out. Sure. But it turns out you kind of do. I was surprised about that as well. You know, it, at the start of the book, it actually does like the weird, gives you like a brief history of Superman, <laughs> like which I love. came from. Well, yeah, I get that, but then you know, people know who Crypt, who, who Superman is. So, give, they, they could oh, have yeah. added the they could have added the extra stuff that you were talking about. Um, I just like wish this. they would do what Marvel does. I, I agree with you. We've talked yeah. about that a number of times, and they don't listen. So, I'm going to just, no, I'm just start writing letters, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to do it in different handwriting so they don't know it's always me. Mm -hmm. That's right. Maybe I'll get some crayons too. But um, Superman number one was very good. I like that a lot. I I don't know what they're setting up, but I'm in. Mm -hmm. uh, particularly, I think Lois as the editor is an interesting choice. I like that. Very interesting. That, yeah. That's probably a big surprise, but where Perry is, right? You don't know, yeah, you don't I have no Perry idea. Is. It says yeah, sabbatical, right. so I figured he's on vacation. Or he's dead. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's dead. Everybody's dead. <laughs> um, but I, I thought Superman number one was great. I love the art, too. Like, Superman mm -hmm. looks badass. Yes. Uh, it is, a, and his Clark is interesting too because his Clark is also like a, a wrestling action figure. So big, yeah, he's gigantic. <laughs> cool. I like yeah. that. I'm going to keep up with that. Um, I read all of Specs one through four. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This was a book that you and I talked about a while ago, and I said hmm, yep. I'm going to read that. I did. <laughs> yeah, and I know uh, in the comments, uh, Cookie Monster is also a big fan of that book, mm -hmm. and I'd seen. The writer, um, David Bord, tweeted about it, and so did she. Like, oh, it's finished. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll read it. Right. And I ended up getting sucked into it. I meant to read one issue, 
and I'll mm-hmm. finish it later. I read all of it. Mm. And it was such a good surprise. And it's not what I thought it was initially, which was kind of like Dream of the Little Dream with Corey Feldman. It's mm. not what it is. <laughs> it's actually um, something better than that. And it has a real like emotional point to it that mm-hmm. you don't expect when you see the cover with the Tom mm-hmm. Cruise looking zombie. Right. You don't expect there to be like an emotional arc in this book, but there is. So that was nice. And the art is cool, too. I think you'll like it. Uh, well, I remember you had read issue number one, I think. Or did you just say that you didn't read issue number one? I didn't. I wanted to. Okay. All right. That's fine. Um, I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. But then, as you know, you mentioned it to me maybe two days ago, a couple of days ago. Hmm. And you mentioned, oh, it's over. I read it all at once. I'm like, oh, it, and you know, we, if anybody listens to our show when we're talking about comics, we're big fans of limited series mm-hmm. and stuff that doesn't drag on and forever and ever and ever. So a four issue, um, a limited limited story, like you said, you read it in one sitting. That's that's the, you know, it takes 45 minutes, a half hour to, to read, depending on uh, how you do it. So I, I am excited to read it now that it's done. And I didn't know that it was limited either. I thought it was at least six or yeah, that's an ongoing thing. So I will I will get to it, and I think the trade comes out in um, a couple of months. So if I I'll read read it digitally, and then if I like it, I'll I'll pick up the trade. Should be a pretty good trade. I, I might get that myself. Um, when I texted you, I think it was like one thirty in the morning my time, and I knew you were of course knocked out, but still, <laughs> I just had to get on my system and tell somebody. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got see, I got no problem with that. Like. I, I fight with my wife all the time. I'll ask, her, okay, you know, text your sister and ask her this. Oh no, she'll she's at work, so she'll get the text when she gets it. What, what's the difference when you send it? So Chris, when you text me at two o'clock in the morning, you know, if you're excited, man. I'm, I'm just happy you're thinking. That's all you're thinking about me. So that's it's fun. fun to it's fun to see in the morning. Like, oh, what happened? What did I miss? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you like the comic? Awesome. But yeah, Specs is, is really good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, nice. Really, no complaints. The only thing I would say is go into it with an open mind because it's not what you think it is. Well, I have no idea what I think it is. You mentioned it. I, all I think about it when I, when I think about the comic is just Tom Cruise and risky business. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if that's going to help or hurt me, but like, I, I have no idea what the story is. It's something I would about get hung up on it. So that's, that's fine. So I will go into it pretty blind, uh, which is always a fun time. Uh, Eric read Clayface one bad day and Superman space age three. I got to read Space Age at some point. Everybody seems to love this book. Yeah, I, re- I read the first issue and then I didn't, I didn't get to two and three. And I think it's done now. I think three was the last uh, issue. So, uh, Oh, okay. Then I will, I will get to it soon. I think so. Um, Carlos or uh, Eric, just let me know if that's true, if Space Age ended with number three. I think it did. Zeddy says, Superman number one is fantastic. Perfect launching on point for soups. <laughs> Zeddy, I send Emmett 20 DMs every night. He reads them all. I know he does. <laughs> I always yeah. got time for your DMs. It says Blue Book was a disappointment. We're going to get to that one in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren says Chris is right, but the even the first issue will make assumptions w- about what Specs is, and it'll surprise you. I agree. Like you're going to read the first one, like, oh, okay, I get it. You don't. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you don't. Uh, yeah, three is the ending. Cool. Okay. And we also Thank had you. some other specs comments. Quickman said specs was so so good. Lauren agrees it was so good. And uh, Lauren also loves all of Boer's work. He's one of the best. I actually, um, Lauren has an episode where she interviews the writer on her mm-hmm. channel. So, you know, just a plug. Go ahead and check out that <laughs> when you get time. Let's see if I can find it and put it in the chat there. Uh, it's or if Lauren has a link to it, that'd be good too. And then lastly, what I read, oh, yeah, this, so have you been seeing Lovesick all over your timeline too? Because I have. I can't, uh, yeah, but <laughs> I can't do it. Okay. I read well, the first issue, I was almost sick. I, I, I also read Lovesick number five, made me sad, but still worth reading. I think I'm going to end up reading this book. It's It's been all over my timeline. I got to see what this is. Sickos, I tell you. I can't no, do it. It's just we it's are too much. Admirers too much. of chaos. <laughs> That's for sure. Yes, admirers <laughs> of chaos. I'm going to put that on a shirt somewhere. Somebody should. Somebody should. Ian says, I started Ice Cream Man. I read number 34. First is recommended by, recommended by Lost in Comics. 
-hmm. Loved it. Still waiting for the hardcover to start from number one. That's another book that's always all over my timeline. I don't even know what it is, but I'll get to it, I think. (laughs) I'm imagining it's the evil ice cream man. Basically, yes. (laughs) More of like a time-altering evil ice cream man. I have no idea. (laughs) But... Then we have a book that you and I both read, which I guess we'll save for after you go through your read and watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll just do reads and then we'll get to the watches. Anything else that you read? No, that was all my, my, re- my reads this week. There's a lot of them. Yeah. So um, I read Superman 1, like, yeah, like you said, read well. Saga 62, I think, um, came out, which is kind of an interesting thing, Chris. If you know a certain major spoiler from the first time that uh saga was coming out i know when you read the first issue of like the re-release you were spoiled for something that yeah uh, you hadn't seen so that spoiler um is starting to come back around again uh, i don't want to spoil okay. too much but if you're a fan of uh resurrected characters uh, the idea of that happening is, is making its way into the story i like which that is, uh, which is an interesting um idea um so that's saga 62 and the other one eric mentioned it it's uh batman uh, one bad day, Clayface. I read oh, awesome. it. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and and Phil as well. Um, I read it a couple weeks ago, um, and I got the uh, my physical copy. I've got it uh, on hold for my shop right now. I'll get it in um, a few weeks or uh, a month or so ago. Um, I've read it a couple times actually, and I think we talked about it maybe a week or so, maybe two weeks ago, and I mentioned that it might be my favorite the Riddler one uh, being at the top of the list as well. But the Clayface one, I think, is my favorite now. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that surprised me um, as well, because it's, you know, the only thing I know of Clayface is from the animated series, really, um, that kind of thing. But the story is very intriguing. The idea of um, the Clayface character as the actor is, is, is back in the role. And, you know, he's kind of a, a, a scumbag in, in a certain type of way. I don't want to spoil too much, but... Um, it's the, the way they tell the story is very interesting. I think that's true for a lot of these uh, One Bad Day ones. Um, the writers of it, it's the duo, Lansing and... Ah, shit, I can't remember the other um, the other person's name. They're like a comic writing duo team. They did um, some cool work on the Aquaman for Future State that had... Um, What's his name? The young Aquaman. I can't remember his name from Young. I don't Justice. remember his name either, but I know he's pop. Aqualad. Um, yeah, yeah, Aqualad. Yeah, um, yeah, Calder. Um, there you go. Uh, anyways, the, the the duo we're writing that wrote this um, uh, one bad day, and I think um, Zermanico, I think, is the artist on Clayface, uh, who I'm not even that biggest fan of. But the I, th- this one was, my, I think, it's my favorite all, all around. Um, and there, there's been really good ones for this one bad day. Um, the Catwoman one also, which was a couple weeks ago, was also very good, um, which I do recommend. But yeah, the Clayface one so far is my my favorite so uh, of the one bad day. And it surprised me a little bit because of, you know, it's, of all the ones that had come out towards the end of the, this run, I think the Ra's al Ghul one's next. That's one that's not really that exciting for me. Neither was yeah. this Clayface one. Um, so it's just interesting how they're, they're kind of all playing out. But yeah. Uh, very interesting story. Very interesting way that they tell the story, and the ending is very good um, as well. So, uh, I highly recommend uh, One Bad Day Clayface for sure. Clayface was an interesting choice for that series because <clears throat> he's not the most beloved villain. I think no, really. Like Eric mentions it here in this comment, it was hard not to read Clayface with the Harley Quinn version's voice in my head. I'm pretty right. sure that version is the most popular Clayface. Oh, is it? Yeah, you think so? I, I I've think only so. seen so much of Harley Quinn, so he he's hilarious, and I think he that is the most popular version of it at this point. Mm. Uh, mm. Of him, I mean. Um, personally, I like the old styled um, actor who wears the makeup. Mm-hmm. The shit monster is cool and all, but sure. I kind of like the uh, that realistic version. It's kind of like the Mission Impossible face swap. Pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, so it, it, you're gonna get some of that with uh, with this Clayface. Some, I, I think there is just the way he transforms himself a number of times um, in the issue. And I just wanted to get the writers like Jackson, Jackson Lansing, and Colin Kelly um, are the writers. So um, I do like them a lot. So one says, "I hope Rachel, the Rachel Gould one is good. Only one I plan to possibly pick up. Mm. The one, the Two Face one is, I think, my favorite so far. But I haven't read them all yet. I will." Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, Tom Ash. Taylor's on the Raz Al Ghul one, so that's exciting. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. I think I knew that. I forgot. Uh, Lauren mm-hmm. said or asked, "Should I read Saga again?" Then, of course, that should be that's an inst- always an instant buy for me. I'll I'll read it when the stock is back. That's um, right. <laughs> Jeff says, "Hey guys, hope everyone's well." On my way for reserve, so just in the background listening. Hey Jeff, thanks Jeff. Ian loves the art in the Catwoman one. Grabs back. And... <laughs> oh, we've had Ron Perlman voice the character. Was that Ron Perlman? I don't remember that. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Uh, Rache is my favorite villain. No hate on the series mm. or anything. Italian might that be surprises. in it too. That, I know. Uh, yeah, that's surprising, Italian. Lauren. Nice. All right, Crystal, let's talk about the other book that we both read this week and one we were looking forward to as well. Um, And that would be, yeah, um, James Tynan, a new book coming out for, came out in Dark uh, Dark Horse Comics, but this is one of his Substack books, um, actually. So written by uh, James Tynan with art by Klaus Jansen. Um, It's the kind of the true storytelling of alien encounters. Um, and he kind of puts his own James Tynan spin on things. Um, so, Chris, you know, just, yeah, what did you think about uh, Blue Book? Um, so I was pretty excited for this book, which is abnormal because mm. it's James Tynan, who now it's his, uh, I guess his comic thing is Tiny Onion, which I think is hilarious. So um, <laughs> I was pretty excited going into it. When I read it, I don't, I, I don't like hate it and I don't really yep. dislike it, mm-hmm. but I don't like it a lot either Mm -hmm. it's something i will read another issue of but i'm not incredibly enthusiastic about as well put it the dialogue reminded me of a scene from throw mama from the train have you ever seen that movie no but i can imagine we're about to make the correlation here so (laughs) early on the movie there's a scene well dan devita wants to be a screenwriter and billy crystal's teaching the class so mm-hmm. you hear what Danny DeVito is writing, like a like a there was like a paragraph or something from his story. It was really okay. bad because the dialogue was so on the nose, mm. and that's what this reminded me of. Mm. Like I was thinking of Danny DeVito in my head reading that screenplay or whatever it was, because the di- it's basically twenty pages of this guy's wife telling him, "Barney, you need to look in the sky." <laughs> It is 20 pages of that. Okay. <laughs> and Tynan writes dialogue really, really well. So right. I'm kind of shocked that this is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. It, it escalates it, it escalates as far as, mm-hmm. Barney, you need to look. But at the same time, it's just so on the nose. Like, we get it. Say something else, please. Um, I'm looking I'm looking at one page here and in, in the woman who you're talking about, she speaks three times and says his name first three times. Yes. <laughs> Barney, Barney, Barney. <laughs> Look in the sky, Barney. It's 20 pages of that. Yeah. Because the first two pages are just explaining the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so other than that, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> I didn't, the art's fine. I like the um, kind of classic look it's going for. I appreciate that. It's not pretty, but it's doing the job. And it does capture that old-timey um, time period. So, cool. But, yeah, the he's good at dialogue. What the hell, man? <laughs> and and the, the backup story was a struggle for me to get through. Yes. So, that's my review. So, Blue Moon. I, 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 agree. I, I agree with the sense on everything that you said, mostly with the start, where it, um, you know, it's good, but I don't know how excited i am to read more um the dialogue didn't bother me as much um the storytelling not as much the art is where i was completely turned off Hmm. i found the pencils just downright ugly and not good to look at i like the palette like the blue the black the white and the gray that's what i like about it too i like that that's a that's an interesting palette but i'm looking like at, at the gentleman's head i'm looking at you know just facial features and i'm like what is going on here with these thick drawn out pencils weird shaped faces you know mm-hmm. it just it's not very pleasing it's it, it's it's interesting because it's pleasing to look at color wise but if you focus on the colors and the shading and everything it's just very very different to me that it just it didn't it didn't grab me and it, it won't keep me coming back for more for the art 
So if I'm not coming back for the art and the story is more or less, I, I found the end of the story a, a lot better when they actually, you know, come in contact with the, um, the UFO and what have you. But when they're sitting, they're sitting in a diner for a little while, they're sitting in a car for a little while. Barney, like, look okay. at the sky. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, it just, um, this is the first thing that I've read of Tynan's other than detective comics since the closet. So I think my expectations were just incredibly high. Could be that um, too. Yeah. Which, which is not a good thing, but you know, I think I've read it a couple of times, so I, I feel like I've had a good enough grasp on it that it's just it just wasn't wasn't what what I wanted and didn't keep me or didn't have me wanting to come back for more. Like if issue two comes out and I don't read it, I won't be upset. Like this, mm-hmm. it's okay that I don't read this now. Like that mm-hmm. that's more or less what I'm thinking. Like when I was thinking about the closet when we were talking about it on our best of, we wanted we couldn't wait to see what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. We couldn't wait for that next issue. And in this sense. You know, if, if the issue comes out and I miss one, two, three, four, I'm okay with that. I don't see the some. It's the, it's not gravitating back towards me, back towards me wanting to read it right now. That's fair. I was hoping you would you liked it more than I did. I was hoping too. <laughs> but, yeah, I was hoping you did, but I think we're on the same level with this one. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, I will read another issue though. I mm-hmm. I'm just not enthusiastic about, it, but I will because I want to see what else they do with this. And I sure. think that they were. The concept is very cool. I do like the concept a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the palette was nice. I don't know if it's going to look like that issue to issue, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'll see. I guess I'll let you know. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I love the I love the premise of it, like a true telling of a UFO mm-hmm. sighting. That, it's that's cool. That was very exciting to me for sure. Uh, Ian says I found it pretty uninteresting. Some people drive down a road, see a UFO, then it ends. I didn't see the point in it. There's a generic UFO sighting story. The side story was better. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um. I think that covers Blue Book. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's just a little bit of a, um, you know, Ian said it, it's a little bit of a disappointment. You know, it I'm just wasn't a little bit more that we could have uh, could have grabbed onto. Just too bad. Well, it could improve. We'll see. Yep. Uh, so right, so that's that. what we read. Yes. What you what you watch this week? So I watched a few things. Mm-hmm. I watched the Simpsons movie with my daughter. I, I don't know if I, she's on a huge Simpsons kick right now, so she's just consuming it in massive amounts. And Good. she hadn't seen, yeah, she hadn't seen the movie, so we we sat down and watched that. Um, she was glued to it, which was fun. Mm. I was like, oh, you know, I remembered seeing it once, so it was, it was fun. Mm. It was fun again. It was all new to me. Uh, that was a good time. I think my favorite thing I watched this week though was The Fablemans with Paul nice. Dano. That was. An amazing film. I really like that one a lot. It's, um, I guess, like it's like a loose biography on Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg, from what I understand. Yep. Very interesting to watch. It shows you, as a kid, where he got his love for film, or the kid in the movie gets their love for film because it's not. I, don't, I, I kept when I was trying to describe it to someone, I kept trying to take his, him out of it and not saying just say a kid and saying Steven Spielberg, you know, because I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how much of it is actual factual truth or whatever. So I, I had a hard time doing that too. Yeah. I have no idea how much is actual actually what happened, but it's a very good story, very entertaining. And it really, it, it is very engaging and you want to see what happens to this family. And Paul Dano is so charismatic in this movie and it's so, so fun to see him in this role. Cause now when I think Paul Dano, my mind automatically goes to the Batman. Right. Even though I've seen him in plenty of other things, that's where my mind goes now. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially him singing in, in Oregon, which is magical. <laughs> uh, but it, it's a great film, I think. And it's it's a, a great film for someone who loves movies. That's mm-hmm. It's like a love letter to fans in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of funny, too, because I'm not a big Michelle Williams fan at all. Mm-hmm. I think she's fine. And in this, it's she's like a whole different person, which I know is the point of acting, yes. But it's just <laughs> sure. she's just so different in this. Like it feels like she's always wearing a mask or something. So mm-hmm. I was really impressed by that. Yeah, when I watched it a little while ago, I mentioned Paul Dano as well. I I, I couldn't I couldn't believe how much I adored Paul Dano in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he is he's incredible. It, just his like there's that one. Um, it's a gif that you post all the time of him looking back and kind of doing a clap or whatever. Yeah, I just um, discovered that one because I like the yeah. movie so much. 
Oh, it just like his expression on his face is just—it's just incredible. I, I found throughout the movie. Um, I don't have anything nice to say about Michelle Williams in the movie, so I won't say anything um, at all. Um, but uh, I, I had a great time with the movie. It's very interesting. I like how meta the end of the movie is as well. After he has his meeting that. with uh, with John Ford, uh, who's played by David Lynch, which I thought is was outstanding. Um, and Phil mentioned it you know, with the comment there the the quick little uh, moment with Judd Hirsch. Uh, where he's talking to Sammy about, you know, talking about dreams and all that kind of stuff. Um, outstanding Judd Hirsch. So good. That was, I, I don't know if you can call it a monologue because there's a back and forth. Right. But that scene is mesmerizing in a way because Judd Hirsch is an accomplished actor of age. And when mm-hmm. he's given that whole speech, you are totally bought into what he's saying. Because mm-hmm. it, it feels like that's Judd Hirsch speaking to you. You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed that as well. It's just a fun movie too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a great time with it. I mentioned like it just the the the, the small moments that uh, Spielberg makes feel like humongous moments. Like every mm-hmm. every scene is like an action scene, even when it's just two people talking. Like I'm picturing like when they're sitting around eating dinner and yeah. it's just conversations, 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 and the way that everything's shot. It just works. Um, I just love love the way his his filmmaking has has evolved from or can evolve from the biggest moments to the smallest moments. Also, I wanted to add this. I think Seth Rogen can do more than we think he can. He should do more dramatic roles. A hundred percent. He isn't just knocked up. He can do yeah. more. <laughs> yep. Or Green Hornet, um, Pineapple Express. He's more than that. Because he's very impressive in this. He has to do a little bit more than just kind of sit there, laugh, and get high. Sure. <laughs> and he, he does it pretty well. Like He he doesn't stand out in a bad way. He blends in really agree, well yeah. with these top-tier actors, you know, Paul Dano and Michelle Williams. Well, yeah, considering, like, when you look at who the who he has to share a scene with, like, it's, right? it's quite the quite the difference for him as an actor. Yeah, holding his own next to Paul Dano, is, is that's pretty impressive <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I think Paul Dano is one of the better actors we have, young actors we have working today. Hundred percent. I was and so I impressed. Can't wait to see him as Riddler again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> More Riddler, please, Paul. Um, so I watched <laughs> those two things. I also watched that um, we have a ghost movie, but I didn't really care for it, so I don't want to talk about it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided to watch kind of classic. Mm-hmm. I watched Tommy Boy. <laughs> I, I thought you were going somewhere. I, I was like, "Oh, Chris, watch the classic something." And he hasn't. No, watched. actually, he's been, I, I have my list up. next to me, so I don't forget. And I'm. I think this is the week I watched Jaws because I didn't watch it last week. So this must have been the week I watched Jaws. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But I also watched Tommy Boy, which is always good. You can't go it's wrong. A beautiful with Tommy time. Boy. Beautiful. It is time. a beautiful time. And then I did watch Jaws, which was amazing. Of course, I had Spielberg week. So. <laughs> What do you think of uh, Jaws overall? A nearly perfect film. Mm-hmm. I, I'd always thought, how do you make a movie about a shark compelling? And sure. if, if it's not like Sharknado or something stupid. <laughs> no offense <laughs> to Sharknado fans, of course. Like what you yeah. like. But, <laughs> but Jaws is something truly special, and I, I never got into it before. And now I kind of don't even understand how I skipped it. It's amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. And Quint is my hero. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Jaws is, is so many things, but that, that movie just comes down to the three guys talking um, in the boat where Quinn's telling the story of the USS in, in Indianapolis. So, so I just love that scene. It's just incredible. And I, can't, I whenever that movie is brought up, I can't get out of, you know, he says so many people went into the water and so many people come out mm-hmm. and listening to his, his buddies dying as the sharks are picking them off. And it's crazy. Uh, I, I, and just like the, the, the when he starts telling the story and Dreyfus, he he just shuts up right away, or is it the other way around? No, yes, Dreyfus. Dreyfus shuts up right away, and then uh, um, Schrader's still laughing and trying to make jokes. And the way Quint just shuts him down, it's like, oh man, it's, it, it's got it got serious so quickly. It's intense, you know, but it's, it's such an incredible scene. And that that's the movie for me is that scene, just the three guys talking. It's just mm-hmm. incredible. That's that's probably the best scene in the movie. And um, so I went back and read some trivia on it. He did that in one take. Oof. And he did that after he screwed up the first version of it. Oh, yeah? He was so drunk the night before when they did it <laughs> that apparently he just rambled through the, the whole monologue 
and it was crap, but they were going to use it anyway just to get rid of them, I suppose. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. Just, just <laughs> hurry up production. You know, like, okay, let's just move on, move on. And he called and said, hey, look, I can do better. Let me do better. And that's what nice. he did in one take. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Jaws fan now um, for Good a week for now, for all of seven days. <laughs> <Attaboy>. boy. <laughs> that and E.T. are now my new favorites, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I've only been a fan of for about four months. <laughs> that's fun. Um, Ian says, I watched The Whale, which was okay. I found it uncomfortable to watch at times. Fraser is great, but I found it hard to sympathize with his character, even though I was meant to. I've been hearing that a lot, actually. Great ending, though. Uh, Phil says, Fraser was the best part of The Whale. Story-wise, it was difficult to get through for me. The Whale looks like one of those movies that you basically just watch for the main actor's performance. That's what it appears to be like. As more people have seen the movie... Are seeing the movie, all they're talking about is Fraser. Like they're barely talking about the the writing or about Aronofsky's directing or anything mm-hmm. like that. They're only talking about Fraser. So there's a movie with Tom Hardy called Bronson. Have you ever heard of it? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a horrible movie personally. But oh, interesting. Tom, yeah, I don't like it. But Tom Hardy is so good in that movie. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's hard to look away, but he is amazing in it. But Bronson yeah, got- is the example I use for that. He's got some monologuing in that movie. <laughs> yes. I think of the paint scene. I was, yeah. I was thinking about that and laugh. That's right. <laughs> um, Ian, uh, I'm sorry. Zeddy agrees about The Whale, not a great movie, but Fraser does his absolute best. Ian watched Knock on, Knock on the Cabin. Is it Knock at the Cabin? Knock on the cabin? I think it's Knock at the Cabin, but that's fine. The Cabin movie from Shyamalan. <laughs> he said it was another ridiculous one, interesting concept, but not well executed. Very little made sense in that movie. I kind of want to get to that, so I will. I just don't know when. Yeah, I watched it. Uh, what's today? Sunday. I watched that Thursday night, I think. So hmm. we'll talk yeah. about that in a minute. Then. Uh, Jeff Powell, Tommy Boy, yes. Black <laughs> Sheep, no, but Tommy Boy, yes. I agree. Hmm, interesting. Uh, grabs were two episodes from being done with our Ted Lasso rewatch. I can't believe I forgot how amazing it is. I remember I loved it, but man, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm about to do that too because I want to watch both seasons before the new one. Yeah, not long now, just uh, about three weeks away, I think, right? Something like that. I could mm-hmm. say now you have to watch the sequels. Yes, I will be watching Jaws 2, and I guess I'll, go, I'll watch the third one. Too. Jaws 3D? Yes. <laughs> That's what I think they oh. added in whatever 3D that okay. was back in, the, back in the 80s. So I'll be watching that and the Michael Caine one. I'm pretty excited for the Michael Caine one specifically. Because mm-hmm. I love Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric says, trick about Jaws, that's not about the shark, but people's reaction to the shark. Yeah, I never, I didn't know that. I assumed it was them chasing a shark for two hours. It's really not. Yep, yep. Uh, Phil always finds himself quoting Jaws. I finally get that we need a bigger boat line. Oh, yeah, geez. That would have been, yeah. <laughs> I get it now. Anyone want a great Tom Hardy movie? Watch Lock. I haven't heard of that one. I'll look that one up. It's a very, very good movie. It's uh, an hour and a half of Tom Hardy in a car and okay. driving his car, talk, talking on the phone. Okay. That's all I'll it is, it and, it's out, and it's outstanding. <laughs> I'll check it out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what did you watch this week? Uh, yeah, so I watched Knock at the Cabin um, as well, and no spoilers about it, but I found it quite intense um, all the way throughout. The, uh, I understand what Ian is talking about, where it doesn't, and there is a lot that doesn't make sense, um, I, I, it's more or less a science fiction film, um, that I like, I like to think about it. So you have to kind of just, just, you know, be okay with a little bit of disbelief. Um, I think it's interesting. The twist for a Shyamalan movie is very different than a twist for a regular Shyamalan movie. I was expecting, and I kept waiting for a twist. I kept mm-hmm. waiting for that, that aha moment where it's like, oh, this is uh, completely different from what I expected. Um, and as the movie went along, it they kind of tell you it's interesting that the the twist is different, which I liked. Um, the other thing that I found from Knock at the Cabin is this is my favorite Dave Bautista role. Um, he is great all the way through, and he's in, he's basically in the opening uh, opening scene to the very last scene, mm-hmm. um, give or take about five minutes. Um, but uh, he he was incredible all the way through. Um, you know, he plays a school teacher, which I thought was kind of interesting. When you look at the guy, um, he does not meet that expectation. I know he's big, he's huge. He's got tattoos all over his body and they don't hide those tattoos, tattoos, um, in the movie or anyway with makeup or, or whatever. So I, I found he, him to be compelling, 
um, all the way through. And it's interesting, we're watching Harry Potter right now uh, this weekend, and Rupert Grint is also in um, Knock at the Cabin, who plays Ron Weasley. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's always fun seeing those people pop up every once in a while. He's he's very sad um, in the movie, and I felt bad for him. I was going to ask in life feel, of the movie. I wasn't sure. Yeah, in the in the movie. I felt bad for him, and then I didn't feel bad for him, and then I felt bad for him again. Um, so very interesting movie. Um, I would watch it just to... To get the twist, that's not a not a twist for an M Night Shyamalan movie, and for Dave Bautista, you know, I, you've been talking, you talk about him um, fairly often. Chris is your favorite uh, wrestler to to actor. I think I think he's, in my opinion, he's the best wrestler to actor. Mm-hmm. He's also, I think, had the most variety given to him, though. Also, for sure, you know, the directors seem to be okay with letting him do something that's not just action or comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just like the, you know, you know how I feel about villains, um, you know, in, in the trailer, they're played off like villains, these people who knock at the cabin, um, but just the subverting of what a villain is for for these four people is something that uh, intrigued me all the way through as well. Uh, so, I've, yeah, that was just on streaming. I think a whole bunch of movies dropped on streaming just within the last week or so, maybe it's because yeah. of uh, a, award season, award, season. Or, award yeah. season or whatever. So it was it was nice. I, I looked on uh, my streaming app or whatever. Um, I'm like, oh, knock at the cabins there. So I decided um, to watch that. The other thing that I watched, and I just watched it last night, me and my wife both watched it, was Women Talking. Mm-hmm. Um, directed and written by a good Canadian girl, Sarah Pauly, uh, who I'm a huge fan of. She's the lead actress in um, Dawn of the Dead, the Zack Snyder one, actually. Um, she also in Go. Work. Yeah, that's her too. In okay. Go, yep. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I've seen a couple of movies now. Um, <laughs> I think this movie came out last year. Um, I'm pretty sure it did come out came out last year. Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, so I think I've watched enough movies from last year this year where I can say that it might be my favorite movie of the year. Um, it's it's you know the name of the movie is Women Talking, and that's literally what the movie is. It's it's women sitting around debating, voting. Um, and talking about the future of their lives and their kids' lives in a, a Mennonite uh, colony where they are uh, abused daily uh, by their men um, who look after them. Um, Rooney Mara is in it. She's outstanding. Claire Foy is also in it. Um, Frances McDormand um, is in it. And I want to remember the other woman's name. Uh, maybe Zeddy can help me out in the comments. Uh, I think it's Jessica Buckley, actually. Um, just looked it up. She's the she's the highlight for me. But also a little Ben Winshaw in there as well. Um, oh, that's interesting. Who, who towards the end of the movie makes you cry every time he's on the screen. So I, uh, it's a very uh, tough movie to watch. It's one of those ones like we were talking about um, last week, uh, Chris, about um, uh, rewatchability. Mm-hmm. Um, not one that you can go back to very often, I think, just because of the subject matter. Also, some of the visuals as well. Um, visuals you know are coming also. It's a very interesting thing. There's a, a moment towards the end of the movie where you're all, uh, actually a mother is begging her daughter not to do something. And I felt like I was doing the same thing as I was watching it. Like, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't. Okay. And then, and, and then, and five minutes later, the stuff you, you, you knew was going to happen did happen. It's like, uh, that's damn it so um very well made film very well shot film um yeah i i had, had I, it's tough to say i had a great time with it because i didn't have a great time with it. like i don't didn't feel super um, good by uh, by it but just a very well made film and I, something i enjoyed uh, quite thoroughly i might get to that one because i've been seeing a lot of people talk about it as well and i'm a little interested mm-hmm. in it mm-hmm. so I, I might put that on the list yeah put it on the list chris i will <laughs> Maybe. That <laughs> <laughs> <Not> a boy. <laughs> uh, Cookie in the comments watched Megan. She said it was so fun. And it, did you watch uh, the unrated I, one? Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't watched it because I don't know. Somebody told me the differences are really small. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of differences. So I'm kind of surprised by that. I assumed they would be bigger mm-hmm. or more of them, I suppose. But as long as it's mm-hmm. good, because the first one is just so much fun. So good. So much, but so I can only imagine the longer one is better, or, or the extended version, whatever they're calling it. Yes. <laughs> more Megan, please. Yeah, more Megan uh, daily. Um. Okay, guys. So that's what we read and what we watched this week.
we used to the transitions now? Yeah, that was good. That was. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we have that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um... <laughs> I don't know if it's on loop again. <laughs> it. I. <laughs> it's just waiting. <laughs> So when, the, when the show started earlier, I messed something up in the audio, and this just kept playing like it is now over and over. Hold on. Oh, there I, got it is. Okay. It. I got it. It just kept uh, going over and over, and I didn't, didn't know how to stop it. Uh, okay, so last week, Chris, we talked about movies that we could only watch a little bit. And there was some movies that we could watch all the time, um, whether and the movies that we couldn't watch, whether it had to do with tone, uh, whether we didn't like it. Um, and one of the movies that came up pretty consistently in our conversations that we were having on the show last week, um, and also on Twitter, was Requiem for a Dream, how mm. hard it was for people to watch that movie. And when we were talking about, you and I were basically talking about what a great conversation we had had, and, and loving uh, everyone else having the conversation as well, um, we were both a little bit surprised that that was a movie that everyone seemingly all enjoyed but then mm-hmm. um also wouldn't go back to and one of the things that i mentioned in um when we were talking about you know months ago when i had seen talk on maverick how i couldn't separate jennifer conley from her role in requiem for a dream and her role in top gun maverick i can't i couldn't see jennifer conley i could only see her character from requiem for a dream and their conversation kind of molded into me- memorable performances and how a, 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 an actor can become a character that they play where that's the only thing that you see so in in a couple of different ways there are there there's a good way to look at it saying this person is like i'm, I'm thinking about bruce willis as john mcclain that's a, a memorable performance where you only see like i i can see if some people only see bruce willis as john mcclain or Johnny Depp as uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, or, or something like that. So maybe just you know, what do you what do you think about the idea of a, a, of an actor becoming their character, and if there are some for you specifically? And guys, let us know in the comments as well what your thoughts about um, an actor taking over a role mm-hmm. where it's 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 memorable so much in a good way that you know they really sold you on it and that's the character or if they're in a bad way you know chris what do you think about you know an actor and uh, mem- memorable performances well we don't mean like typecasting also no no we, we don't like, like something like that like this guy's always in action movies like for example Arnold Schwarzenegger. Or, or, or the rock or Arnold, yep yeah, we don't mean like oh they're action no like what is a role a performance that sticks with you and that's what you go back to and think of that actor right. um i think that it, it's an interesting thing because that's, I believe, when the actor is doing their best work, when it really right. cements them as that's the character you go mm-hmm. back to. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a big deal because there's a lot of actors who play roles. And I mean, we, there's hundreds of movies every year. How many of these performances really stick out? You know, mm-hmm. and that's even with the actors we all love. How many like one of my favorite actors, Christian Bale, how many of his performances really stick out to me? Two of them. You know, so that's that's kind of the thing I see it as. And then mm-hmm. there's some actors who every movie they make is memorable. Their performance, you know. But an example again, let's say Christian Bell. When I think of him, I think of Bruce Wayne, of course. But then I also immediately go to American Psycho. I yeah. love him as Patrick Bateman, mm-hmm. and that's usually where my mind stays with him, doing the the dance in the white coat or. <laughs> When he's running with the chainsaw, that's where uh, I yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite quotes is when he he's just like, you stupid bastard. I just love it. Yeah, you love that. <laughs> I do. So that, that's that's one of my examples. In a good way, because we all have the bad ones, too. We'll get to that. Yeah, so maybe let's stick with good ways, and maybe we can think of something that uh, that's on the other side. One of the things that I find memorable about Javier Bardem is his role as Anton Sugar in No Country for mm-hmm. Old Men. I see. That's who I see as as heavy uh, Bardem. Um, I wonder what your thoughts are about James Bond, though, and specifically Daniel Craig. You know, Daniel Craig specifically now with his um, um, uh, Benoit Blanc actor, mm-hmm. and then obviously as as, as um, James Bond. Do you, and the idea of uh, actors having two roles that can cohabit the space at the same time 
which is I think is a um, a unique thing that Daniel Craig and maybe we can talk about and you talked about it with Christian Bale, you know, Batman and and um, Patrick Bateman. But, you know, the idea that they can also do two at once. And that's who I see Daniel Craig as now. If I close my eyes, I don't just see Dan- Daniel Craig as James Bond. I see him as Benoit Blanc as well. No, I, it's, for me, it's Bond. Mm-hmm. For me, it's Bond because that's just more important to me. You know, I, I love him as Benoit Blanc, sure. Blanc and I love the two Knives Out movies. But mm-hmm. Bond is like ingrained for me. <laughs> it, you know, you could inject that into my veins. I love it. And he has... <laughs> three of my favorite bond films out of the the whole franchise sure yeah you know so to me that that's the damn quick i think of i don't think of him in the jacket that's for sure hmm which is a good role from him but it's not where i go sure sure um yeah eric just brought up one here with um patrick stewart um he's got two He's got John oh, yeah. Carter and Charles yeah. Xavier. I think that's a great example. And that's one that's touched different generations of people as well. That's a, like some people may only like if I ask my mother, who is Patrick Stewart? She will say Jean-Luc Picard. If I ask my wife, she, she might say Charles Xavier or somebody around that age as well. I think because he's so old um, um, that, that he transcends a couple generations. So I find that pretty interesting about Patrick Stewart. We could also Ian McKellen, Magneto, and uh, Gandalf. Yeah, Ian says, I, "Why can't anyone except the British pronounce Craig properly? How how do you pronounce it? I'm lost." Craig, 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 Daniel Craig. Craig? <laughs> Dan- <laughs> I, I don't do, want to do try it, an accent right it, now. Do it phonetically for us, there, Ian, in the comments. Okay, let us yes. know. Um, how about any bad, any any bad or actors that, in a bad way, have been? Um, and giving you a, um, a memorable performance where you can only see them as, as that character? Well, the one I talk about the most, I think everybody knows, is Kevin Bacon in Sleepers. Can't stand right. him. Um, Ashton, Ashton Kutcher is another one. I do not like Ashton mm. Kutcher. I mm-hmm. see him as the dude wears my car guy every time. Right, yeah. Can't can't get past. I, I'd love to, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Just It doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um. Those are probably the worst two on my list. Hmm. How about yours? Yeah, so I have Jennifer Conley on mine, but I also have Hilary Swank from um, uh, Boys Don't Cry. Oh, that's a good one. Um, so it, mostly mine have to do with how hard their roles are and the the emotion that I get. That I get just the idea of I, if I... Yeah, like in specifically in with Jennifer Conley's, like she couldn't be happier in Top Gun Maverick. She couldn't be having a better time on that boat and you know owning her bar. But just all I see is the horrible, terrible things that happened to her in Requiem for a Dream. And the same thing with Hilary Swank and Boys Don't Cry. You can see him see her in Million Dollar Baby. Obviously, bad things happened to her in, in that as well. Um, but just something about Boys Don't Cry that's just ingrained in my memory. Um, bad, when bad things happen to actors in movies, that's 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 and and because they're so good, like Hilary Swank in, in Boys Don't Cry won an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer Conley, I think, is very good in, in Requiem for a Dream as well. So it helps and hurts with how good the actor is doing, um, how, how good of a job they're doing in the movie that transcends all their other roles. I keep thinking of that comment from our friend Norton Sinclair on the thread about rewatchability, specifically. <laughs> I keep going to that. Um, we got some comments here. So, uh, Eric said a lot of the Trek actors are like that. Hmm. You know, the, the memorable performances. Uh, Grab says, My wife hated Rashida Jones for the longest time because of her playing Karen on The Office. Took her three <laughs> seasons to open up to her on Parks and Rec. Hmm. I'm not sure it's always the quality of the performance. Sometimes it is just the actor, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil says, Off the top of my head, Donald Pleasance, Dr. Loomis. I agree with that one too. Well, that might be because I think that's the only thing I've ever seen him in. Right. I could be wrong. Uh, Joe is with us. He says Meryl Streep from The Devil Wars Prada. I'll mm-hmm. go for that one. I have seen plenty of Meryl Streep, and that is what I think of. <laughs> uh, Zeddy says American Psycho is a masterpiece. This was from earlier when he closed your window. I'm trying yes. to sneak through Emmett's window. He just locked me out. It's cold as hell outside, man. Chris oh, is yeah. He, he's pissed off because I moved that Batman Beyond box and he can't see it. I so was he, looking. Yeah, I don't see it either. He's trying, he's trying to jump in through the window to get it. Poor guy. <laughs> One day. Uh, Nicholas Cage raising Arizona. 
Like when mm. I think Nicolas Cage, I my mind goes to Face Off. Hmm. Just because of how over the top he is. Yeah, that to me is like <laughs> yeah. Unless we're talking the unbearable weight of massive talent, right. that is like peak Nicolas Cage to me. Face mm-hmm. Off. Also, I love Con Air. Put the bunny back in the box. It's great. Of course. By the way, Renfield comes out in two months. Everybody get excited. Oh man, Chris is Chris is Jones in for that one. I am sorry. Did you see the Empire magazine cover? Pretty pretty nice covers. Yeah, really. I nice. love it. I'm excited. <laughs> Keanu Reeves and Bill and Ted. I cannot take him serious in a role. Uh, That's like that Ashton Kutcher thing, right? Like Ashton yeah. Kutcher has done other stuff since then. Keanu Reeves has done other stuff since then. The, the, the interesting thing about Keanu Reeves is he's headlined multiple franchises since Bill and Ted. For sure. He's even, I mean, we'll, we'll count Speed because there's a sequel even though he's not in it. But Speed, mm-hmm. The Matrix, um, John Wick, of course. Mm-hmm. When I think Keanu, I, my mind now goes to John Wick. Before, it was mm-hmm. Giant Mnemonic, which is a movie I don't like. Oh. <laughs> uh, Joe says, Patrick Stewart in Green Room. What is Green Room? Uh, it's something about Nazis and what's his name? Um, I can't remember the actor's name. He was in the new Star Trek movies as Chekhov. He died recently. Um, Anton Yelchin or Yelich or he's he's from Fright Night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's in that as well. Him and his band or something, they go to a a gig somewhere and there's a whole bunch of neo-Nazis. Anyways. Who is Maverick? Zeddy, I meant Tom Cruise. Zeddy's having a conversation with himself. (laughs) Cook <laughs> uh, says Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio will always be Jack Dawson to me. Mm. I think of him as Jordan um, from Wolf of Wall Street. Jordan Belfort, yeah, yeah. That, but I also love that movie. So mm-hmm. I love Titanic too, though. Titanic is a great film. <laughs> it's not a rom com, but it's close, sort of. Mm-hmm. Tragic rom com. <laughs> it, it's a rom com. He <laughs> says Jared Leto will always be the Joker. That's a special kind of performance, right there. Mm. I don't know who's if Jared Leto serious. to me. Yeah, I don't know who. He, I don't know who's who's Jared Leto to me. To me, he's the Joker. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe the, maybe the pretty boy from Fight Club. Maybe that's who Jared Leto is for me. Getting his yeah, face beaten up. Didn't know he was in it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Carrey, and Jeff Daniels, and Dumb and Dumber. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I'll go with that one for Jim Carrey too. Nice. I think of Truman Show when I think of Jim Carrey. I think a dumb and dumber usually race mm-hmm. uh, Cookie says, "I've always hate, I've hated Michael Shannon's bug. I'm sure he's a great guy, but he plays a great villain. He does, and his face is so expressive. Like yeah. I buy that he's a serial killer, but like a Buffalo mm-hmm. Bob type, or is it Bill? <laughs> Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Okay, Buffalo Bob was in the parody then. Yeah, Buffalo Bill. <laughs> I could buy him. Buffalo like, Bob. <laughs> yeah, that was a parody. I forgot what it was, but there was a parody. And his name was Buffalo Bob. I can't remember. <laughs> but anyway, yeah." He he gives off serial killer vibes, and I, I I'm there for it. I, I would agree there. Timothy Oliphant is always Raylan Gibbons. Yes, mm. that is what I think of him too. I love Timothy Oliphant because of Justified. I think of him as uh, Seth Bullock from Deadwood. I haven't seen that. I will though. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill is always Luke Skywalker, but probably because he hasn't done much else. He's the Joker the, to me. I think of the Joker or his small role on What We Do in the Shadows. He's hilarious. Of course. <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> Christopher Lee as Saruman or Dracula? Hmm. For me, it's Dracula, but yeah. Bias. Yeah, and for me, it'd be the opposite side um, as, as Saruman's or as uh, uh, Count Dooku. <laughs> when I think of Nick Cage, I think of Leaving Las Vegas. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Less over the top, more, you know, same with Moonstruck. He's kind of more of a normal human. Sure. Brando and Godfather. Yeah. That I, I you know, people don't talk about any other role this guy's been in except mm-hmm. that. Yeah, uh, Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now, I think about. Yeah, um, she, oh, she, yeah. Mm-hmm. Crab says, I'm not saying he's not good. I'm saying I always think he's gonna say dude at some point in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, whoa. hmm Chevy Chase always think of Clark Griswold. Yes. I think that's probably like a, a, a renowned, yes, maybe a little bit with Fletch. You might get a Fletch in there, but Chevy Chase is Clark Griswold. Why does no one think of The Invisible Man or uh, was it other movie? Nothing But Trouble. Have you ever seen that? No. It's it's a weird movie. 
Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what it's. I think they get stuck in the middle. Him and his wife or something get stuck in the middle of nowhere. Sure. And it's supposed to be like a comedy, but it has uh, like horror elements to it. Right. <laughs> it's really weird. I think of DiCaprio as Arnie and what's eating Gilbert Grape. Mm. That's a great one. Yeah. I could have drowned it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael Douglas as Gordon Gecko. That's it for me. Uh, yeah. Jack Nicholson, Jack Torrance. I think of the Joker. Or I, I, I really it, like as good as it gets. I was just gonna say his character from as good as it gets. I, I think of I think of um, the Joker and then of the character from as good as it gets too. Leslie Nielsen, Airplane or Naked Gun? Naked Gun for me. Dracula then loving it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Robbins, I think of Shawshank. Automatically Shawshank. I think of Mystic River as well for Tim Tim Robbins. Nothing but trouble, yeah. So somebody else has seen it but me, uh, or along with me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember it very well. It's been a while. There's a musical thing at the end, you know, that that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I see. I think, guess most people see Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I kind of think of more in Swiss Army Man now. Oh. <laughs> Just me. Walking mm-hmm. and King of New York. Why doesn't anyone think of that movie? I can't even think of right now. I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. Somebody will what help about, me. <laughs> what about um, roles that are so memorable that you can't see another actor playing that role? you have any of those off the top of your head? No, I really don't feel that way about any role. Because I always <laughs> think the character is bigger than the actor. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is. Like Even if we're talking about um, like Batman or James Bond, for example, or mm-hmm. uh, whoever, the character is always bigger than the actor. So I, I don't That's really true. have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree with you on the whole as well about the character being specifically in big IPs like Batman, Superman, anything like that. Um, for smaller roles, it, it would be. It's funny when you look at um, a lot of those deep fake videos where they put different faces on um, mm-hmm. on actors. Sometimes those are interesting to see. Uh, you know, kind of a, like a, a what if. Um, but it's it's hard to say no one can do a role because you don't know if the other person could have done the role because mm-hmm. they didn't do the role. So um, I get the sense. Uh, I get that sense for sure. Well, it's like the idea um, Jonah Hill was up for the Riddler and the Batman. Hmm. We don't oh, know what I that remember that. Been. Yeah, we don't know what that right. would have been like. But right. Reeves wanted him for the Penguin. Mm. How would that have worked out? <laughs> so weird. So, yeah. so different. Uh, yeah. Very different. Um, another big one for me that I, I know this might be interesting for some people. When I think of Joe Pesci, I don't think of Goodfellas or any of his pop, like those kind of roles. I think of my cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny, yeah. That's really memorable for me. And that I'd like to see someone else try. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, totally fair. Um, all right, guys. So that's our thoughts on uh, memorable uh, performances. If you guys have any thoughts, let us know down in the comments uh, about some of uh, your favorite uh, memorable performances. <laughs> look at the hang of it <laughs> yeah only the second second time don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, anything else you want to chat about chris i can't hear i'm sorry <laughs> uh, that plug that you wanted to uh, oh yes okay so last week i forgot to do this so i want to make sure and do it this week and i'm glad cookie is back in the comments um, and Joe is here too. So last mm-hmm. week, Cookie and our friend Joe did a podcast over at the Pink Buzz talking about what they're looking forward to this year. So if you guys get a chance, go over to Pink Buzz, subscribe to them, and check out the episode with Cookie and all the other cool stuff they got going on. It's yeah. pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I remember this week. Any, yeah, that way. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Chris, before we get on out of here? Um, no, I don't think so. This is going to be, I think we got some fun stuff coming up this week, more comics. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some movies. Creed 3 is out this week. I know you're excited for that. Oh, shoot. Is that this week already? Yeah. I'm getting ready for... I'm going to try to see Cocaine Bear this week. Well, the movie that's taking the Twitterverse by storm, Cocaine Bear. I'm excited. <laughs> I haven't seen The Boys, so I can't comment on that one. All right, Chris. So hit us up with some plugs then, man. Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at natchris 70 but as always, I prefer you follow the show at G of the Geeks. Emmett is better with the rest of the plug, so he will take over. 
you guys can follow me on Twitter at Emmett Davis Seven. Gathering of the Geeks is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Gathering of the Geeks and you will find us. Uh, we're going to have a new episode of Last of the Geeks coming out this week where we will be talking about episode seven of HBO's The Last of Us. So make sure you guys are following and subscribing to Gathering of the Geeks wherever you get your podcasts. In uh, uh, saying all that, I want to say thanks so much to the comment section tonight. Eric, Ian, Zeddy, Phil, Joe, Jeff, Lauren, Ian. Um, there was one other one I wanted to mention. Grabs. Um, cookie. Mm, and everyone else anybody else i forgot uh thanks so much guys uh, carlos you were here as well thanks so much for watching on this fine sunday evening we will be back again next sunday talking about a whole bunch of stuff uh so in saying that for chris and i'm emmett and we gather on sundays have a great weekend everybody